All right. Welcome to I Forgot to Tell You. I'm your host, Eva, and I have here with me my lovely co-host, Rain. Say something, bro. Hi. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) Uh, This is a show where we cover everything but the kitchen sink, even though I absolutely called you today about the kitchen sink. Did the fix that I gave you work? No, my bathroom's flooded. Oh, wait. Kitchen's flooded. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) Sorry, sorry, sorry. So, would you like to hear this week what I forgot to tell you about? Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I forgot to tell you about the true crime case that got me into true crime. Okay. So... Just to give you a little backstory on this podcast, originally we had kind of thought about doing a true crime one, but then we decided against it because there's already so many out there. And quite frankly, with some of them, I we could not do these cases justice like some other people have, you know, the time and opportunity to do it. So we decided not to do that, but we still do you know, that's that's one of the things that we're really interested in. So we thought we would discuss um, the first cases that we ever were like, holy crap, like, you know, murder is a thing. I can't believe people are that evil. And but this is fascinating. So and you should have had a V8. And you should have had maybe that would have stopped you from being a killing prick. <laughs> I mean, mm. all right, well, I mean, I would love to hear one of your stories. Um, I have two. I'm just going to touch on them a little bit because I'm certain that there's a million podcasts out there on them. Mm. But when I was, I mean, really young, probably like four or five, um, mom was watching a made-for-TV movie. And the part that I walked in on was... um, a courtroom scene where like the guy was on trial and I kind of like like mom used to watch like divorce court and stuff like that when, of course you, did. you know <laughs> so like I was familiar with a courtroom and mm. I was not quite familiar with the concept of like some people go to court because they stab people in the faces you know I don't I mean you were four yeah I, right Right. And so I kind of started watching it with her and I didn't really understand what was going on. But um, it ended up it was uh, this movie called Fatal Vision, which is about the Jeffrey McDonald case, which I believe happened in either 1969 or 1970. Mm-hmm. And um, he was, I believe, a doctor in the army. And basically, he claimed that hippies came in and murdered his wife and his two little girls, his pregnant wife and his two little girls. Mm. And it's one of those things where like, he's, he's in prison like to this day, but um, he still claims that he didn't do it. And these hippies did it. And there's like, there's so much to this case. Mm-hmm. I, I personally think he did it. Cause there's just too many things that didn't make any sense. You know, like they were for lack of a better term, they were butchered. Mm-hmm. I mean, badly. And there was like multiple quote unquote hippies in the house. And he had, gotten knocked out he said but he also only had like one stab wound on his arm or something and it's like 
that's not what happens. Like when people break into people's houses, they terminate the biggest threat, which is going to be the man, Mm -hmm. a trained army man. (laughs) Like it just... (sighs) Yeah, something does not fit there. It it didn't. There are people who think that he didn't do it, but there's other, like other little things. Like um, there was a there was a magazine, if I remember correctly, like in the living room, um, that had a a story, um, about the Manson family and the hippies that went in and killed Jer and Tate and everything. And I'm like. Mm. That seems kind of <laughs> I I don't know. There's a lot to it. Mm-hmm. I say if you're not familiar with the case, absolutely find a podcast or something to well, I mean and you're interested in true crime, of course. You know, absolutely go and check it out because like I said, I'm I'm barely scraping the surface. But, mm-hmm. you know. Um I will say he is very charming. Mm. Um, there was a while there from just watching interviews with him where I was like, no, he didn't do it. And that was literally just from listening to him say, I didn't do it. Like I would have never done it. And Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, sure. You know, he didn't, but you know, then you go and look at the evidence and it's like, yeah, and he, he probably did. (laughs) Mm. So, yeah, but that that's one of the the first ones. Um, you will love this. A man that I absolutely love to this day played uh, Jeffrey McDonald in the movie. Mm. It's someone you love, too. Who? Oh. Gary Cole. Yeah. 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 That was good for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, um that is fabulous. Um, I do have another one, but what was the first one that got you into it? Because I don't think I know that. Um, so first thing that, uh, well, okay, exposure to, I guess, murder. So yes, true crime. Uh, I was, when we lived in our single wide mobile home, because mm-hmm. we were trailer park kids. We were poor. Yes. <laughs> Um, I was sitting in the back room in uh, mom and dad's room and I was watching on one of those uh, older like 1980s TV that had the dial on it. (laughs) Yes. Um, But it had the wires to the back of it that went to a tape deck. Mm -hmm. I was watching the recorded version that dad had (laughs) recorded on HBO (laughs) or whatever of Help, Uh the Beatles movie. Okay. And I remember... Pointing as they're doing the help, I need somebody, you know, just uh, the beginning of the movie. And I remember pointing at each and every one of them. And dad was sitting next to me on the bed. And I was like, is he dead? Is he dead? Is he dead? Ironically, I waited till the last person, the fourth person being Mm -hmm. John, pointing at John. And he's like, yeah, honey, he's dead. I wasn't expecting anybody to be dead. Right. So right. here I am. I think I was also four. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, a really sick man uh, killed him. I was like, no. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so that was my first exposure. Dad didn't get into it, obviously, right. for pl- a plethora of good dad R- reasons. Right. Okay. But, uh, 
then I grow up and I hear the story and it's like, mm. yeah. Oh, well, and then you watch, is it chapter 29 or chapter 27? I think it's 27. Okay. Well, watching that movie and Jared Leto's portrayal yeah. of Mark David Chapman is just kind of like, people that are that much of a piece of shit, you just, you want to use the bad thing. It just seems like one of those things is like, it was so unnecessary. Unnecessary. And I also, like, I also blame the people around him. Yeah. Because, like, especially his wife, like, mm. he literally was like, I'm going to go kill John Lennon. And she's like, all right, bring back milk, you know, like. <laughs> like you know you know that your husband has issues and instead of being like hmm maybe i should get him help you know it's just an enabling situation but she wasn't like culpable or nothing but i get where you are absolutely coming from in that respect no i mean at the end of the day like the choices that we make are our own but i just i just feel like if it were me I, John Lennon's death aside, mm-hmm. if if I'm afraid that something's wrong with my husband, mm. I'm gonna do something for him. You know, like I I don't know. Should have asked him but to get milk. Having said that, yes. you know, I guess I'm also looking through that lens of we understand mental health mental more. health so much more than we you know then. So I guess I guess I'm looking at it from the wrong lens. Mm. But it is kind of a bummer that she didn't, like, call the cops or something, you know. I I don't know. I don't know what the right answer is, but, yeah, that was a huge bummer. Yeah. I would have loved to have seen what the Beatles would have been today. Yeah. I mean, uh, who knows what chain of events could have ended up happening. Would George have been home that day and gotten stabbed, you know? Would he still be here because he had the chemo? Because they were still doing concerts and shit. Mm. Like, there's such a fine line. Are you talking about when that guy, like, broke into their the house? Yeah. But I'm saying, like, if John was still alive and the chain reaction of everything, like, what if George had been on tour when that dipshit decided oh, to yeah. come in and hurt him? Oh, like, yeah, because he was sick at the time, he wasn't was he? He was sick at the yeah, time. He had to right. stop his chemo right. stuff. Oh, so, who man. knows how much longer he could have been with us. All of them, for that matter. It is a, a weird thing with a death, like the trickle down. Like, and yes. l- literally any death in anybody's life can say that because there's always a, a trickle, trickle down. down. Yeah, that that's. I never thought about that. That's a fascinating question. Mm-hmm. Like the chain reaction to a lot of things, mm-hmm. the people you meet, mm-hmm. everything else. Or maybe they would have never done anything else. This maybe is... we, maybe we would have just gotten some more albums from John. I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. that's true yeah um i also was fascinated in the black dahlia as i got older but that i was exposed to probably around like age 10 or whatever which sounds absolutely ghastly you know would you consider how like butchered she was butchered she was yeah hey they shampooed her hair though I... <laughs> that whole story it Ugh. has never been sold no. First of all. Yeah. Second of all, there is nothing in the story that makes sense. No. Not an iota of anything that makes any sense. She was cut in half. Yeah. Just kind of 
tossed in someone's random yard, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's why. Why? I guess that's that's the question. That like the, the thing is, ha, ha, have you ever really listened to anybody give a reason why they've killed somebody, and you go, "Yeah, that's satisfactory." I don't really think there's ever. No. You know, I. But I get it. Like there, you. That's the thing. Like we all want to know the why. Yes. And at the end of the day, sometimes you get some answers, but like they're never satisfactory. Mm-hmm. You know, but. Yeah, that one's that one's a weird one for me too. It wasn't one of the first ones that I ever mm-hmm. heard about, but it definitely is one of those ones that stuck with me. Mm-hmm. And I think the other thing is too, like I think over time the saddest part with that one is how screwed up her story's gotten. Yeah. Because, you know, for the first probably decade that I knew about that story, you know, um she was just a random prostitute. Okay, well, first of all, there's zero evidence that she was a prostitute, number mm-hmm. one, <laughs> which, but I didn't know that at the time. Mm-hmm. Number two, and? Right. Right. So she deserved to be butchered like that if she was? Like, what is your point in saying that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. To me, like what I've read about her in like I've read a couple books and depending on how right or wrong these people who wrote them are, because, you know, she's not here to speak for herself or anything, mm-hmm. you know, it just looks like at worst she was quote unquote overly flirtatious, maybe like I'm, I don't even what does that even mean? <laughs> you yeah. Know? yeah. So, yeah, I I think that's the thing that's bothered me about that case is in a lot of cases is the victims get forgotten yes and i think that's kind of crappy because the case has kind of overshadowed the fact that she has a face right exactly yeah exactly um do you have another story because i have another comment of exposure and it's i do so here's something kind of funny um our mom is like really not into true crime. Mm-hmm. Our dad is. He is absolutely the one who fed into our morbid <laughs> morbid curiosity on that. Um, but ironically, uh, both of the first cases that I ever heard of were because of her. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if it was just because she loved a good made-for-TV movie. <laughs> or what but uh the, i'm watching my soaps <laughs> well the other thing was she also um an event she eventually watched the movie and that it had farrah fawcett in it yeah. um love it. i i love farrah fawcett um but uh, uh she also had the book uh small sacrifices diane downs do you know this story i do not okay so the long and short of it again there's plenty of podcasts about this. It's a very famous case. If you don't know about it and you are interested in true crime, you know, just type in Diane Downs podcast and I'm sure a huge list of podcasts will pop up. So the long and short of this case is she was married. She had three kids with her husband. Um, they got a divorce. She started dating another guy and that guy did not want kids. Now, instead of being like, cool, thanks for letting me know up front. I have children. This is not going to work. Or, you know, being like, cool, I'm going to tell my husband that, you know, dating you is more important than the kids, which is shitty, but 
Instead, she decided to shoot and kill all three of them. Okay. Yeah. And, um, and I don't even know, like, what the right word is today to use for her. I mean, psycho, I, I don't think that's the right word anymore, but, like, she she pulled the car over and shot all three of them with a shotgun while blasting hungry like the wolf by duran duran like it's just the most bizarre no yeah and the thing is that is one of my favorite 80s songs and but every time i hear it i kind of I kind of pause for a second and it kind of bums me out because it's such a great song. But um, it, and it was like super creepy. Like when they, they played the song mm-hmm. uh, when, when she was on trial and she was like dancing to it and stuff. <sighs> yeah. And she claims she didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Right. Which, and of course she had to, you know, add that extra layer of asshole and say that it was like, you know, a person of a different race who did it, which I know it's, it's bad enough you're lying about it but then you gotta throw racism in it like you are just you're just making sure that everyone knows like what a fucking piece of shit you are Mm -hmm, you know mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but yeah i think to this day she says she didn't do it and it's like um two of her three children did survive oh okay i I know it's one of those things where it's like yay but i think the youngest girl died okay um which just really sad but yeah her kids freaking know my mother shot me and they're like yeah my mother freaking shot me and she's like no i didn't do it it's like yeah you did (laughs) that's so aggravating like your kids are not just gonna be like yeah mom shot me because what they're mad like shut Mm, up no yeah so that's that's another one um was was small sacrifices by Anne Rule. Mom had that book, and I remember finding it. And that was actually one of the first books I ever read. Which I was probably, ooh, I was probably like eight or nine. It's probably not the best thing for me to be reading. I feel like you <laughs> learned how to speed read though by being exposed to this kind of thing. Because I got to tell you. I take forever to read, which is why I'm not like you in that department. Yeah, I do read pretty fast. I don't, yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that, it, there's, yeah, there's so much to that story. I, like I said, I, if you're interested, I highly recommend mm-hmm. you finding a podcast that will lay it all out there. Cause, and it's one of those things too where like she went through all of this and then the guy ended up breaking up with her anyway. So it's like, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I know, I know. <laughs> Um, my final little thing that I wanted to throw out, uh, uh, I was fascinated with, again, morbid curiosity. So, uh, faces of death again, dad taped it (laughs) and we had massive amounts of tapes of movies and that kind of stuff, but got my hands on faces of death and that was exposure probably at like, I don't know. 10, 11, whatever. But uh, fun fact for everyone who's like, what a horrible father you have. (laughs) First of all, dad worked a lot (laughs) and daughters are home alone and or 
curious at the end of the night when parents are asleep. So therefore, put your judgy hat on the nightstand next to you as you listen to this, okay? But uh, fascinating. But also remember, we just learned this recently. Did we not, Rain? That Faces of Death is 60% untrue or true? Uh... I think it's like 60% not true. Okay. I'd have to find the article again, but that was, you know, I'll be honest, that actually made me feel a little bit better because I definitely, <laughs> that that movie gave me nightmares. I well, think... it wasn't even a movie. They presented it like a documentary. Well, right, right, right. So that made it even creepier. Yeah. I think I only saw, there were several of them. I think I only saw the first one, though. Mm, but yeah, like, uh, and I don't know what's what, but it, I just, I kind of choose to think that everything was fake. <laughs> <laughs> Good times. I at least know, they said that, like, every single part of the, like, anything that was bad towards an animal that was all fake so that made me really happy because i don't like that well if we find out later that that article was bullshit it was real just so you guys know as of today into 2023 (laughs) there was an article that said this factual using air quotes but you can't see it (laughs) information to let us know that it was in fact not real most of it or whatever at any rate yeah but uh i think that's it all that i've got anyways for true crime exposure and getting us into it i think we just both have had a morbid curiosity and i think that that was ingrained in us in some form or fashion by genetics and just being (laughs) well in honesty just being curious about life and death i mean both things are so prominent I mean, death could happen any time and be in any form or fashion. In that respect, it's very I do definitely think that we in the United States kind of have a stranger outlook on, and I'm not talking about like, like, you know, murder and things like that. I'm like death itself. I do think that we tend to be a little bit more... I don't know. We don't, we don't even sometimes show like emotions and stuff like, you know, you should like, you don't generally, and I'm not saying that this never happens, but even like I've been to a lot of funerals, unfortunately, and, you know, there's crying and stuff, but there's not like, you know, the wailing and the grief and just getting it out and being loud about it. That's not, you know, that's okay in other countries. And I see that and I go, yeah, that's, that's how I really felt when my grandmother died. Yes. Did I cry like that at her funeral? No. No. Which, you know, I wish I could have. And, you know, it's, death is a weird, weird thing for people in some parts of the world. And I think that we're in a part of that world where it's kind of not really discussed and not really understood, really. Like, and I don't mean like the reasons behind why people die. It's just everything that comes after it Mm -hmm. in people, the people who are left behind, like their grief and stuff. I don't think enough people know how to deal with that. 
you know. That's accurate. Or they have like a way that they think they need to. Or at least that's what I've witnessed at the at the funerals that I've been at. So mm. that's, I that's my two cents. I don't <laughs> enjoy people saying we should feel a certain way or be a certain way. Yeah. That yeah. kind of sucks. Yeah. All right. Well, on that note, um, if you don't got anything else, I guess we end this episode. No, and I think this episode's all wrapped up. Excellent. Okay. Well, uh, you guys tune in uh, next couple weeks for our next episode and hope you uh, enjoyed everything today. Yep. Ah, oh, fuck. I forgot to tell you. Thank <laughs> you.